Welcome back to OPA Podcast, episode 73. Today, we are joined by just three of us, myself, Jason, along with Sue. Say hi. Hi. And Wyatt. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, Griffin is working tonight. He uh, does stuff with an NBA team. Um, I don't know. I think we will keep that confidential just so we don't put that on blast. Um, the Washington Bullets. <laughs> I asked. But uh, to go from there, um, we come back after... Honestly, another frustrating weekend from the Gophers. Um, we uh, to recap quick: uh, the Gophers lost twenty six twenty seven against the Illini. Uh, still remaining winless against Brett Bielema. Um, going back to this time back at Wisconsin, um, and a lot of uh, it was a lot of ups and downs. This game, um, just so the fans know, I was there. It was a good game. Uh, it was a good game. Like, objectively, a good, fun football game. Shout out to Sue for the ticket, um, as you had to be out of town. <laughs> I still watched, because I'm a sick person. But um, Yeah, that's twisted. <laughs> I, was at a, I was at a bachelor party in Los Angeles, and I still found a way to watch. My goodness. but um, Mar- Married to the game over here. Honestly, uh, we'll get to that part. But yeah, the Gophers loss very frustrating. Um, I want to get through Griffin's notes here as he is out, so we'll get started here. Um, start off his first segment is another frustrating game, as how, as how I mentioned at the start of the episode. Gophers had their chance to set themselves up for a win, but the stubborn play calling of the second half and crucial errors and turnovers through the game allowed Illinois to stay in every step of the way. Um, then going to the next pieces, uh, Sean Tyler um, has been tra- – the amount of chances he gets, he always squanders the, the program, which is the ball is the program. And that was in, unexcusable in that uh, first play of the game for it's the kind Gophers. of the only reason to keep him on the field still, right? Yeah. Um, and then going from there, uh, he lo- uh, Griffin loved the first half play calling – you know, contested catches, playing some option uh, or RPOs, tight end, having tight ends involved. Shout out to um, Brevin in that moment there. But then having, but then being pissed off in the second half when we only had two passes uh, total. Um, going on from there, Ja Joyner is a menace. Still can't get holding or hands to the face, but strip, uh, strip and sacks, let's fucking go. And then, um, his, his last point was, how are we so incapable of closing out games? Uh, you know, Newman gets the inter- interception, can't even, you know, convert a first uh, a set of downs on that. And then, you know, the defense, you know, he he doesn't put it entirely on the defense when they give you, you know, give gifts like that to the offense. Um, But yeah, sorry, I was uh, streamlining it, Griffin, so my apologies for that. And if it did not make sense to you, the listeners and viewers, my apologies as well. But um, where should we dissect off this, guys? Because I feel like there's a lot to start off with and go through. So I feel like we always start with a negative on this podcast. So let's I want to jump in with something that's a little bit more positive here. Welcome back, Brevin Span Ford. Yeah, nice to see you. We've missed you. He is our lead receiver this game. Three catches for 58 yards and got that tutty. Like, mwah. I, I, it was 
a pleasant surprise to see him, you know, back and doing the things we've known he could do the whole time. It, it would have been nice to see him continue to do that in the second half, but that's not He his... may be allowed to do that yeah, in that's, the second half? Yeah, that's genuinely not his fault. But, yeah, I think we've got us Like, starting positive is sometimes important, and especially when we've had so many just negative pods in a row. Welcome this back. season. Just, we've missed you. Stay, stick around. Stay a while. Also, yeah, I want to shout out the offensive coordinator, Greg Harbo. Because I have no issues with him right now. At all. I think the, the play calling, when allowed to not be hyper-conservative, has been miles, miles better than it was at the beginning of the year. And I'll point to that fourth down conversion that they got on, like, a nice little whip route to the outside on, like, a a play with a ton of creativity going on. Like, it's really, really fun to see that stuff. And I know they incomplete that pop pop pass to Nick Caller up towards the the end of the game because Ethan, you know, airmails it. We'll get into that. But, I mean, that's a fun play. You have an unbalanced line. That's super fun. You know, I think when... When PJ's flex hands aren't on the offense, it is looking like fun. And then I think I'll also chime in as well. Tyler Newbin scores another, nabs another interception this game, which ties him for the school record. So tie for the school record of, I think, 12 interceptions in his career, if I remember correctly. Notably, oh, get another one, Tyler. Notably sniped from the Jim Thorpe Award. Just going to put that one out there. That one is complete Bush uh, League. Garbage. If anyone oh, involved with the Jim God. Thorpe Award somehow listens to this podcast, just know I'm watching you. And somehow Cooper DeJean gets it over him? Well, I mean, I, that's because he's like a good special teams player. But that's but not what the Jim Thorpe Award I is know. about. That's what I'm saying. He's only on there because he's a good special teams player as well as an elite corner. Yeah. But, like, he has not been a more productive corner this year than Tyler Newbin. He just hasn't. This should have been another game that they won off of the back of a clutch Tyler Newbin turnover and a clutch pass breakup earlier in the game. He had two, two absolutely huge plays in this game. He impacts every single game the Gophers play. The fact that he's not on the Jim Thorpe Award is, and somebody like Travis Hunter, who missed two, three games this season to injury, is on there. It's just popularity contest at this point. Just admit it. Just admit it. You want to give it to somebody who is popular and has a ton of Instagram followers or Twitter followers or whatever. It's not about football anymore. Yeah. And then it's about like flashy play, which is why. Which is why but Cooper he's got G's the interceptions on. this year. Yep. Yeah, but you know they're not like sexy in the way that you know it's like colorado nfl all pro only only winning teams have nfl all pros on them colorado's not a winning team but that's what colorado i'm saying it's like all it's like the five. nfl all pro right it's just it's disgusting it's just it just doesn't make any sense right like it yeah. just it's just like you look at every statistic for him and he's one of the better um like safeties in college football and it's just like what are we what are we doing here day two draft pick 
Yeah, I mean, he is currently. I mean, he's like, probably going to be the first safety selected. He could even the, he could even go in the first round the, if his combine is yeah really good. He's like a second round guy, maybe. Late first, at, at worst, second. he is like a he is like a he's a top fifty player in this draft, top fifty. And the only reason that he's not higher is because he's a little older. Probably. Probably. A little I bit just, of injury history. A little bit, yeah. But I mean, he's so impactful that I don't think it'd be that much of a. Like I see, uh, I, whenever whenever I see Newbin's like drafting, you know who does? You know agree? Reminds more. me of Tweezy. Um, and oh yeah, Jr. for sure. But he's bigger. Yeah, like a lot bigger and taller. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's interesting? You know who? Uh, you know who else is uh, having a pretty good season playing corner? Beanie Bishop. You're right. Remember him? Yeah. He's got four picks. So is Tyler. The leader is seven. Tyler has the third most picks in college football. What, just needs like, what, three more or more? <laughs> just three. I mean, I'm just saying, like, he's up there. Yep. He's like. Tyler Newbin has as many interceptions as Sean Tyler has fumbles. That's <laughs> oh. true. That's true. What a way to look at it. Yep. And what a segue. And then uh, first, no, I, I, I got to shout out one more person. Got to give him, give him some love as we always do at every pod. All hail Dragon Kesich. Two for two for field goals. Two for two and extra points. At least he's consistent. We'll take it. <laughs> are, are we? If we're turning this into positivity corner, we also should talk about Shot Joiner. Yes. Um, the defensive mean, line I in general has been so good this year. Like, they have, like, shown that the issue last year was coaching and that they have talent at this position. And they have been everywhere this year. And Ja, I mean, just like Griff well, said, like, hell of a day. Remind me, is Winston new to the position that he's no. in? No. Uh, or is to Winston our position? Yeah, it's his coach. first year. It's his first year. Okay, yeah, so Winston's new to coaching our defensive line. Yeah. Yeah, but he has coached at other shout places out, prior. Yep. Shout out, shout out, Winston Deladabadere. Yeah, the king, absolute king. So they've been good. Um, I've really enjoyed what I've seen from the defensive line. Basically, you know, this whole year they've been great. But Ja finally is like, I think that game will help him get some notice at the NFL level. I really think he has NFL level talent. Um, I would really like to see someone. You know, look around there a little more. I'd like to see him get a little more hype than I think he's getting. I'm not saying like first or second round, mm -hmm. but well, he's a sophomore, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, it's people should be talking about him. Yeah. So, but I am getting like Boye Mafe vibes though, because like, look at what Boye is doing at the Seahawks right now into year two. Oh my God. Like that Boye is like killing it out there on the D line for the Seahawks defense and is amazing to watch. Oh yeah. Boye Mafe's last six games, he has a sack in every one, a, fu a fumble recovery in the last two, and a forced fumble in the last one as well. Attaboy, Boye. Gophers in the pros. Hashtag Gophers in the pros. But um, did you get all those stats compiled there, Soup, or no? I think so. Yeah, I've been working on... Okay, what... I, I picked their first... 
14 relevant games for Ace and Calic Manas for Tanner Morgan. We want to see what what is go what is going on here. What can the the statistics tell us through 14 starts for both of these guys? Because Tanner was a very solid distributor of the football. He was really good. He did exactly what we needed him to do. But Ethan is supposed to be this guy that can take your team to the next level. And it's like, okay, well, as a prospect, we see it. We see the traits. You know, we see the zip on the ball. We see, you know, a lot of things to like. But why is the approach still so conservative? Like, what what impact is the quarterback having on that decision right now? I think is like something we are want we need to figure out because I think we we all agree that this is not the uh, season anybody imagined for Ethan Kaliak Manis, right? No, no, absolutely not. So over their first fourteen starts, I'm going to give you two quarterbacks. You guys tell me which one do you think's Tanner? Which one do you think's Ethan? Ready? Okay. Let's First, go. we've got one with uh, 296 attempts. Or, or, or quarterback A, or well, can't do that either. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> one of the quarterbacks has 296 attempts. One of the quarterbacks has 298 attempts. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Nearly Completion identical. percentage for 296 quarterback is 53. You've got 2,072 yards. 13 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and 7 yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. Then for 298 attempts, you've got 63% completion, 2,989 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 10 yards per attempt. I will say the latter is Tanner. Wyatt? Yeah, to me, the latter, specifically on the completion percentage strikes me as Tanner Morgan. Well, for Perfect. me, is the touchdowns too, on top of the completions, because I think 2019 was like, it skews a lot of Tanner's numbers too, because that was his hot season high of, um, in his career, in terms of per- per- completion percentage, plus all those touchdowns and to interception ratio that he threw, because he's pretty like, you know, like, if he had, like, he was pretty even, touchdowns and interception, like, one for one, in the latter of his career, but like, that that season in nineteen skewed it a lot, in my opinion. So sounds so that is right. Yes, you guys are both right, and I think I think Wyatt kind of put put his finger very well on what the big difference between the two is, and it's I think it's completion percentage, right? That is a ten point difference in your completion percentage right now, and you know I, I think we're all kind of like frustrated with. Um, the offense right now and just the philosophy. But I think it's interesting to look at uh, that they have given this kid who they supposedly believe in so much two less attempts than Tanner Morgan even. Like he's throwing the ball technically less than Tanner did. They, they didn't like believe in Tanner in the same way. And in fact, they went with Zach Anikstead first. Yep. And here we are, and we've just got Tanner Morgan again. Even though this kid's supposed to have, you know, the arm talent that Tanner didn't necessarily have. And... But we see that, right? Like, we see that on the field. We see the arm strength. 
we you know we definitely see it i and you know you don't see i don't think we see a lot of touch yet but i think we've hit on the fact that he's young he just he hasn't mastered that and he just kind of wants to throw the ball hard which is fine yeah i mean i i just think it's hard because it's like okay well if this kid is you know <laughs> Uh, everything you guys, you know, say he is, why aren't you letting him throw the ball more? Right? Yeah. Like, why are we put, why are we, because like, I understand these numbers for Tanner Morgan. You know what I mean? Like, I understand it. Like, it's a, like the attempts are low, but the efficiency is high, Right. Very a lot of completion percentages. You're finding touchdowns. You're not turning the ball over as much, and like we know that that's what they want from like a philosophy standpoint, right? Yeah. And but that makes sense to me because that's the kind of quarterback that he was. And they, I, I'll say I love that quarterback play that's just efficient. I love quarterback play that's efficient, but that's not always the quarterback that you have in the room. Well, yeah, you also have to be explosive. Quarterback you have in the room. As a baseline, as a quarterback, you have to be efficient. Like, you just don't consistently win games if you're not as a passer. But you also have to find ways to be explosive, right? Yeah, and and Tanner Morgan didn't necessarily do that himself, but like he had playmakers who could do it for him. He got to throw the ball to guys like Rashad Bateman. He got to throw the ball to Chris Ottman Bell when Chris Ottman Bell was really playing hot. He got to throw the ball to Brevin when Brevin was, you know, what he looked like last game. Yeah, but I, I guess what I'm saying is like, why hasn't the approach changed? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. the same. You're, you're, you're you were never really trying to develop Tanner. You know, like Tanner was your quarterback, and you were looking for a plan for the future. And you found this kid, and now you're treating him as if he was Tanner. And he's not Tanner. This like, kid, yeah, I understand. Arm talent is explosive. I get that the, <laughs> I get that the um, the accuracy problems are an issue for you. Like, I get that the ten percent difference in, uh. In completion percentage, it matters, but how's he going to get better if he doesn't get a chance to screw it up? Exactly. Like I think, I think you've seen in all of these games that he is a rhythm thrower. You know what I mean? Like he, he kind of needs to see one go, like a good shooter, like kind of needs to see one go down. You know what I mean? He kind of needs to see a couple, like get a couple, get going, and. He's just not doing that, you know? He's not getting the opportunity to do that. Yeah, right? Like, that's... Or I feel I feel more like PJ is butting, getting his hands too much in the flow of the game. I think, as we ch- chimed about a little bit earlier, like, you gave him a shout-out to Greg Harbo on that first-half game plan. Ethan was in great rhythm. Like... He was feeling great. He had that moxie. He was comfortable. Yeah. Looked amazing, comfortable. You know, he's throwing those 50-50 balls that 
we know our receivers can catch, like a Daniel Jackson um, will catch or a Brevin will catch, right? And those two guys were pretty much like the top of our receiving board on that side of the ball. Um, like that I'll, touchdown to Daniel Jackson is nuts. Yeah, like absolutely amazing. But then I don't know what the hell's going on in the second half, but like... Oh, was that right in front of you too? Yes, it was amazing. Nice. Um, but, but then what happens then in the second half, you only, like Griffin mentioned it, you only throw the damn ball two times a second half. All of it was run, run, run. And just to look at like the disparity here, we had 22 pass attempts, but then on rushing as a team, we had 35. Like that's still not, that's almost, still almost twice. And most of that's in the second half too, because yeah. you were pretty balanced in the first half. Like the, like the opening of the, like by throwing the ball early and often, opens up lanes for a guy like Jordan Newbin or Zach Evans, who we know can get those yards. Like I know we're at this point technically because what Jordan is like, what the fourth, fifth string running back in, on the roster. Right. Like, like I know, I know they got their um, good defensive tackle back, uh, Jason Newton, but like he's, there's no way. I, I don't understand why you like decided to go, just go, well, uh, that good game plan we had in the first half, let's not do any of that in the second half. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you're down, you're losing the game at multiple. When they were losing, they started throwing again, and they scored. That was their best drive in the second half. Was the one that they, like, got more aggressive on. For sure, yeah, and then you, you know, end up in a situation where it's, you know, a minute left in the game, and everything's got to happen, which is when we know Ethan does not tend to succeed, and that's just well, it's just too much to ask for him. Like he's he's had some like very very clutch moments and, and clutch throws. Like that touchdown to Daniel Jackson is is clutch. Like it's. They need they need that play when they go out and they get it right. You know, in the fourth quarter with you know five six minutes left, they need that, and he nails it. But but they just don't give him opportunities like that all game. They just only do it in the spots where they absolutely need it. Yeah, inconsistency. Yeah. But then going on further from there, like obviously. Looking at the stats here, Ethan was only 50% of passing that Saturday, too. And I didn't get the chance to watch the replay. Um, a lot of it was from like my, my like hindsight looking at what I saw on the field and on the Jumbotron at, at the stadium. There were times when like our receivers didn't help him in the second half either, though. Because there are times. Oh yeah, like, Crooms drops a touchdown. Yeah, Crooms drops a touchdown, and in the end, I think we went to for start the, the second half. Yeah, and, and in the end, we had to score a field goal instead, um, if I remember correctly. And then like, there are another. There's another time. Obviously, it was a bad throw from Ethan, but I thought Crooms adjusted well enough to catch it, and it looked like it bounced off his chest and or helmet, from from my point, my angle again that. I love that view, suit, but sometimes when you're trying to figure out, was it actually a nine-yard gain on the run or pass, or is it two yards? It's hard to tell from that angle. 
<laughs> I know it's a weird angle for for field position. Yeah, but what like uh, besides that, but like Corey Crooms, like I gotta put you in the doghouse. Like you gotta be better than that. Like I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, I mean, no, the dog the doghouse is solely occupied by Sean Tyler right now. <laughs> like. Yeah, not it's... saying not saying that other people aren't in hot water, but man, Sean Tyler, you blew it, buddy. You've got nothing to hang your hat on now. Especially giving the Alina that opening touchdown too, like fumbling in her own zone. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know if it was Soup who sent it or if I saw it somewhere else, but I saw a statistic that said Sean Tyler has sixty-seven total touches on the season. And four of them are fumbles. Nuts. And that's just too many. So this kind of bleeds into something I wanted to talk about because I think that uh, opening fumble really kind of changed the way uh, PJ kind of went through the game in general. Um, Like, I think he was constantly thinking about that the whole game. And it was in his head, you know? Because... Well, we're still on the philosophy question for a little bit. He was asked today about the passing game the last two weeks, why it's been, if it's, you know, he gets this question, Renny. When you look at the passing game the last two weeks, it's been efficient and explosive in the first half, and I think you've got three completed passes in the last two second halves combined. Why do you think it's been such a stark contrast? And this is on uh, Ryan Burns' uh, article on Gopher Illustrated about um, his press conference today. So this is PJ's answer. Hold on to your seats. That's a great question. I mean, if I had all those answers, you wouldn't ask that question over many, many weeks. I don't think it's necessarily one thing. I think it's we've had some dropped passes, we've had some incomplete throws, and then you're off schedule. Next thing you know, you punt and you don't get the ball back for a little while. Then maybe you have a lead and then you're running the ball and working clock. So I think it goes on. It just depends on what the games looks like. But it's not just one thing. Unfortunately, if you look at the game, we dropped a touchdown. That changes the course of the game. We fumble a kickoff, and so we lose the possession when we were supposed to gain a possession. If we score like we did in our first drive, that's a 14-point swing. And if we hold them out of there, that's another 14-point swing, let alone the touchdown. So you can go back. We can say it's one play. This is very similar to Northwestern, where it's 12 to 15 plays. You're like, how did that one go away? I gave you this analogy. It's like roulette. And all of a sudden, it hits on one color 12, 15 times in a row. And you're like, I can't keep putting that on that color. It keeps hitting that color. It's going to stop. So if it's one of those things that when you look at it, it's not one thing. I wish it was one thing because then you could correct it. But in the second half, we're just not able to finish games right now at times. There have been two games that were very similar the way they played out that we weren't able to finish. But I know this team is going to learn from that. What did, what did you guys learn from that answer? no no resolve or no resolution (laughs) right so like i kind of want to point to some of the things he says here because i think we've gotten an eye this is like i think the most clear glimpse we've gotten into his head during a game that we've ever gotten right away he says at the first like answer he's like then maybe you have a lead and then you're running the ball and working clock so like this just tells you that if he has the lead all he wants to do is run the ball that's it Every single time. He said it. He said it right there. Then maybe you have a lead, and then you're running the ball and working clock without thinking at all. That's what you do when you have the lead. You run the ball and you work the clock. Just It's such a Jerry Kill answer. 
Jim Trussell is yeah. who you're looking for. That's his like hero or whatever. Yeah. But like uh, Tress Trussell Ball doesn't work anymore. It's 2023. People, you know, Michael Michael Penix just put up 52 points. Like, you know, like stop. Literally, it doesn't that was a fun college. game too. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. So right. So then he says that, and then he's like, "We fumble a kickoff, and so we lost the possession. When we were supposed to gain a possession." So like right there, to me, this is like, okay, you're now arguing against yourself and you don't even know it because yeah, you lost a possession. So you need to gain a possession. How do you doing, do that? By being explosive on offense, by, by doing more with less plays, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. But, but don't try and actually do that, right? Like, like he's making the arguments here for doing the opposite of what he's doing. So you fumble the kickoff and then you lose a possession. So now you play hyper conservative to limit your plays. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then this roulette analogy, this roulette analogy bothers me because he's like, okay, you put it on one color 12 to 15 times in a row. And you're like, I can't keep putting it on this color. So that's what he does with the run game though. Yep. Well, yeah, he put, he says, you, you, put your you know you bet on this one color because it hits 12 15 times in a row and then you just stop because it's because it's working no he's saying you can't do that because eventually it's going to not work right it's it's if it's hit it on two 15 12 15 times in a row you can't you can't put it yeah. down there but because like but you never know though working. like that's the thing like if 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 Ethan got the chance, like so, right now the game status, he threw twenty-two times, only eleven of them were catches. But if he got to throw like 35, 40 times, twice of the number that he is currently at right now, it may be different. It may have been backfired. We don't know because he never decided to say, "Oh, let's try it. We'll see what happens." Like Ethan Kaliak Manis <laughs> on the day, his EPA per play is point two one. His total EPA is 4.97. His success rate, 42%. Win percentage added, 8%. Jordan Newbin, negative 0 0.10 EPA per play, negative 1.83 EPA, negative 6% win percent added. And that's not to say anything about Jordan Newbin. We're talking Jordan more about... Incredible. Jordan Newman is incredible. We're just talking about from an efficiency standpoint and like how and like how 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 you operate an offense and how you um get the ball down the field and eventually into the end zone. Like if you look at all the advanced stats, like Ethan has had two really, really good games in a in a row, and they have just like basically put him on the shelf in the second half, both games. Yeah. Ethan's had two very hot first halves these past two weeks. I've really liked what I've seen out of Aethan in the first half. And it's frustrating because we all are sitting there and we watch it and we know it's not the – like we can be like, okay, some of this is on the quarterback, but some of it is you not really like letting him do anything. And then when he's having a good game, you say, well, hey, buddy, thanks for the, the, the lead. Thanks for the two touchdowns in the first half. Um, we're not going to throw the ball anymore, though. Yeah, rather we than trying to get you more touchdowns, we're just going to – give the ball to Jordan Newbin. But his thing about like being scared with this dumb roulette analogy is like 
that's but that's exactly how he treats the run game is like roulette he's like okay with putting it on there 12 to 15 times in a row even when it's like still not work like it's not hitting you know what i mean like yeah. event, he plays it like it's eventually got to hit even if it's not hitting now but with the passing game it's it needs to hit all the time or it's not worth doing so bizarre sometimes an incompletion is better than a zero yard run Honestly, yeah. Like the amount of times I think the our guys got tackled behind the line of scrimmage too, making it what a second eleven, second and twelve. Um, because if yeah. you're like, the thing is, is like his whole thing was at the start of the game that they lost that possession, they gave them an extra possession, right? He immediately that was the first thing he brought up was that you know because they lost a possession, he felt like they had to play in a certain way, and that was by limiting the amount of possessions that they got and not trying to get as many as possible for yourself by scoring faster. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he uses that timeout in the second half, you know, kind of late in the second half, he uses that timeout and then you don't have, you you don't, you can't do anything once you get the ball back with, you know, like a minute or so left because you don't have any more timeouts. You have one timeout, but if you had two, you could stop the clock an additional time and maybe try and get to field goal range, but you can't do that. So that's that's one of those ways you steal a possession, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It's it just seems like his reasoning is so backwards. Like he is he is like identifying and seeing the issues and then like deciding to do to be more conservative approach it in a more conservative manner, you know? I mean, it it speaks to something that I think we've talked about a little bit on this podcast, where it's like he's afraid of going out there and, you know, trying to win games. Well, it's, it's it also just makes you predictable. Like, every team knows all they have to do is weather the storm in the first half, and then the second half, if they're within us, if they're close enough, they're going to have a chance to win because you're not going to put them away. Yep. You know, we run the ball on 70% of our early downs in this game. I assume that that's first and second down. Yes. Okay. Well, it's probably higher than that on first down, I would imagine. Your successful rush rate is 43% on early downs. Your successful pass rate is 54%. The 13 times you do do it, seven of them are good. It's just like this team is, I mean, you have zero explosive plays when running the ball, and you three passing, 12%. And guess who had an explosive play at running the ball? DLI and I. Yep. And like, right? Like, they just, I just don't understand with him. Like, what are you so afraid of? You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. don't, I just don't get it. Um, because I, I just don't understand what you have to fear. Like, his job is is not, his job is safe. Like, his job is not in any danger. He has brought a level of consistency and success to this program that, like, nobody would have thought about before he was here. Like, nobody could, you know, like, this is good. Like, where he's gotten the program is good, and he's trying to – he is coaching in a way as if he's a Mac coach, still just hoping to be 
get to a fun bowl game every year. And, you know, at a certain point, that's not going to be good enough. No, it's not. This year's not the problem. I mean, I, I mean, this year, I don't think he's in any uh, trouble. Yeah, he, no. beats, he beats Iowa. If he beats Wisconsin at the end of the year, like, he's just going to point to those and say, well, I'm winning the games that you guys actually care about. Does he have a five-win team right now? Yeah. Does he have five wins already? We, yep. We're at five, we're at five and four on the season so far. I mean, like, he beats Purdue. if he beats Purdue this week, he's going to be like, all right, I got us six wins. And if he beats Wisconsin, we'll be at six and seven, assuming we take the L with Ohio State. Yeah. And he's going to get us a seven-win season, which is, you know, not it's great. Bowl eligible. We're bowl eligible, but it's not going to be like those eight, nine wins that we've gotten for, what, three years straight? Yeah, yeah. like – it's a down year where your quarterback's young and you play Ohio State and Michigan. Yep. Your schedule this year was away. hard and North Carolina. You played three top ten teams this year, so But I think for me though, and I'm not sure if you guys see this too, but we haven't really seen PJ sustained after um having a lot of wins. So remember he when we hired him from Western Michigan, what was he, 13-1 and one out of Western Michigan that last season? The loss being to Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl, right? Like, was it PJ won the MAC and, and stuff like that that year? Yeah, and then they lost in the Cotton Bowl to, West, to, yeah. to Wisconsin because I was really excited. I was hoping he would beat them, and that would be such a fun storyline, like coming in and beating Wisconsin. Yeah, but you think about it, he never he, – like, he, he, he took the our job here in Minnesota the season after. So we never got to see like what would happen if PJ came back to Western Michigan for you know for another season. Does he go and dominate the MAC again, or does he you know regress back? Right, like because we never seen him sustain over time. But then obviously like he had, I think his last season he had Zach Terrell who was his quarterback. He had like you know a decent a great starter on their center plus a good decent old line running back. But then if you look at now where we are with PJ, this is finally his first time now. Okay, we got to recycle everything because remember, what was it? We had year one, Connor Rhoda and Demry Croft. Um, Demry Croft, I think, is now in prison for what he has done. Um, then what? The year after that, Zach Annex dead. And Tanner, what, split time in seven, no, uh, in 18? Got Zach like got seven hurt. games and got hurt in Nebraska. And then you go into 19 where Tanner in the offense explodes, right? Because we had Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, who was PJ's guy. Mo Ibrahim. Mo Ibrahim, Shannon Daniel Brooks. Fa'alele, Daniel Fa'alele. Blaze Andrews. Like, that was a star set offense. But both... Three of those offensive linemen are in the NFL right now. That is correct. And then we win 11 games. And they were like, okay, we might regress in 2020. And again, 2020 was a wonky year. People were getting sick. Apparently, we, like, the specialists were out, too. That, nope, that, that year, like, you know, just, just kind of don't count that. Yeah, year. like, okay, okay sc- scratch Everybody's that year. kind of like, that's like a, eh. Yeah, scratch that year. Then now you're on to now like, 21. Your job is not being judged at yeah. all in that season. And then 21 and 22, you still got Tanner on her center. You got a good chunk of the offensive line back. Plus, you have Mo Ibrahim, who, when when healthy, looked good, looked decent. 
or even better. But then, you know, that's the consistency that PJ brought us to, right? He can get us eight to nine wins a season, even more, and keep us in contention for the West member. I know we were bitching about this on the group chat. PJ, after being so close, has not won on the West. Like obviously, uh, we mentioned we tied. Uh, uh, we did tie for first in the West in nineteen, but because of the loss to Wisconsin. It broke the tiebreaker, so they went to the championship. Like that was a year we could have gone to the Rose Bowl. I'm still salty about that. As if you can, if you can hear it from my voice, but no. <laughs> but if you think about it, PJ has gotten so close in the last, including this season, four seasons, excluding 2020, to winning the West. And I don't. I'm just gonna say it here. I don't think we're not gonna win the West if, if he does. I, I will uh, I would take my I might know my harsh take back, but we are not going to win the West this year because of how PJ is running this team. But also, this is the first time we've seen him try to rebuild what he tried to do in nineteen, because you know we never seen him run for longer than four years at a program like at Western Michigan, and it's now in year seven. So I don't think PJ like maybe PJ's thing is not the last for a whole you know five to seven years or more, but I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. Year seven right now. Yeah. So I, I think I, I think this is fine. Like I think I don't think his job is in any jeopardy until next year. If next year they're still like running the program in this like hyper conservative way, I think then maybe we can start to talk. I just don't see it at all happening. So. No, and I and I totally agree with that. But it's just that I. Like, I think we all remember his press conference at the end of 2016, early 2017, when he got hired. He promised us one of them was Big Ten West championships to get us to a Big Ten championship game. He's got that co-title, baby. Besides that co-title, we haven't been there. And this is the last year. And we haven't been to the game. And this is the last year for divisions as well. So, like... Now that next year going forward is going to be the top two teams that have the best records are going to the championship. Like, you know, P- I think PJ squandered it. I know Laurent's by mentioning like PJ is in a very weak division in the Big Ten West, and it could have been advantageous to get, at least get Minnesota to one of those games in the Big Ten yeah. championship. But he, he didn't. He just he just can't get out of his own way, man. Like I don't know, like. At, I mean, at what at what point is he going to change his best? Right, like I don't know. Like I, that's where we're at at this point. Is like, I think we all know what's going on. We all we all get it, but like it's until he shows us he's changed, which I think it might have to be this game. Um, I don't. I don't know. I just don't believe him. You know, he says all the right things and then just still goes into his shell, and I just I don't know. I just can't. Until he shows me he's not going to do that, I'm I, I'm waiting for it, basically. Well, Jason brings up a, a really good point here in that, you know, he made – he's and Soup, you bring up a good, the same good point, and he says all the right things. And one of those things that he says is, you know, he came in, he promised we'd win the Big Ten West. And the critical point is the Big Ten West is done after this season. And it's also bad, which which means that in a relatively weak division, 
he has failed again and again to go and, you know, claim the throne. And now he doesn't get that chance ever again. Yeah, that's why I, I think next year is like, all right. The goal. That's why, I mean, I think it's just this year. This why, I mean, like, that's why this year would be so nice to have won these Illinois-Nebraska games. Or, or Illinois and Northwestern games. So yeah, it's it's a it's a you you miss these opportunities and therefore then you at least failed you and have, now you never get to succeed. Yeah, because then at least if you do bad in the first you know era of the new Big Ten season, you just point at the season before and say, well, I've got I still have all this recent consistent success. But now if you do bad when the, with the new Big Ten and this is the new normal. And you look behind you and you say, well, kind of, we're still seeing glimpses of those old ghosts from, from last year anyway. And, you know. I just wonder if once the season's over and we're not in the Big Ten, we're not the Big Ten West winners because we won't be. And, you know, we're going to New York for the pinch or whatever year. they call it now. I'm not saying he's going to get fired. I'm saying when is a reporter going to go back and pull up that quote about winning Big Ten West titles? And oh, say, I think I think they do. Well, I think Ryan Burns does, but I don't think any other like publication in the city really cares about them. So, which is lame, but whatever. I just like who's going to ask him the question? Hey, you failed. Yeah. Who's going to point? Who's going to point that out to him? He's not going to answer it even if you do, so I don't know. I mean, I don't think he has to. I think it just there has to be some embarrassment about that. Yeah, I think it's it's more about that it's been there for the taking multiple times, and you just refuse to take it, right? You've you've squandered it. He's been and here I, what? And six I think years? that's all wrapped up in like the philosophy question. Like I think those questions are already being asked, and they have been asked by you know good reporters for years now and i just think it's like this is the this is a year where it's the only thing you can really point to you know last year you could say athens young we still are trying to develop him but this year it's like okay well why aren't you still trying why aren't you trying to develop him now you know or um, or how we've been harping all season like, so far pj's like, running out of like his whole his entire like you know three minute answer to why is the passing game uh all of a sudden disappearing in the second half um and he doesn't really blame any one thing you know he he's just he's running out of excuses before it's me because for everything else he says you know i, I take the blame at the end of the day when he gets these questions about like why they get so conservative he is always blaming it on like all these other factors that are like forcing him into making this decision. But it's like, no, you can just choose not to do that. Like, I, like what more do you need to see? Like it, it, it keeps not working for you. You've lost two games this year because of it. Like, when are you going to see that this just isn't working? You know? Yeah. Does he, does he just not watch anything else from the rest of college football? Well, where teams just don't stop playing in the second half? Well, because this this game is the perfect example because both units of this team, minus special teams, because they're, they're, they are special, that's for sure, but offense and defense both played winning football games. 
They both played yeah, winning I football mean, games. On offense, Ethan ends up throwing for three touchdowns. Um, you get three touchdowns from your quarterback had any one day. One bad drive. Yeah, the defense and makes even that was kind of a fluke. Yeah, two two bad drives, two bad drives, but you give up like a fifty-three yard swing pass. That's that's a bad drive. Yeah, um, that's yeah, not ideal, I suppose. Yeah. So the last drive at the fourth quarter is like it's that's a separate issue entirely. That's that's yeah. also like a weird philosophy issue, I think. Um, and you know, I don't really hang that that on the defense that much. No, they played a game. They the game they played they should have won, and because and the offense puts up, you know, the offense puts up twenty six points. That's enough to win you a game in the Big Ten West. Yep. Like I, I, like you know, I will. And remember, will, three turnovers as well. I will stare at the fumble sitting on the twenty-yard line to start the game for Illinois. What do you? Th- what is uh is t- twenty-seven minus seven less than twenty-six? Yes. Interesting, right? Yeah, it's su- surprisingly enough. Right, literally a point. You know, hmm, yeah, weird. I mean, there's a lot of like individual like things and as i was but on offense and defense i just want to stress they both played games that you should win yep right like they they both put together games where you're like okay well if i told you john joiner has a strip sack you know tyler newbin's got a touch got a got an interception a touchdown saving pass breakup you know justin wally's you know got an amazing pass breakup they generate three turnovers on the day what do you think? We win, right? There's, yeah, I'm like, the, our defense played to the to the best of their ability. We we've got to come out of that game, you know, with at least a tight victory. So then, your offense plays a game in which you score, you know, three touchdowns passing the ball, and um, and two field goals. You know, yeah, but like you, you, but I'm saying like your impactful plays are you know your three passing touchdowns. Yeah, you you know you say Ethan has the ends the day with you know three three touchdowns on twenty two attempts. You're like okay, sure, sounds great. Um, you know three touchdowns is great. I'd like him to throw more attempts so he can have a fourth one. Or just more yards would be great. More yards would have been awesome too. But yeah, I think that's more the thing with him is that like you see these big play touch. He like he's really good at like finding these big play touchdowns every game. Like every touchdown they have is like him pushing the ball down the field to Daniel Jackson. That's like all their impactful plays. And they just are like, you know, not, we're not doing that in the second half because why would we? So like they were, this is the first game that they were really bad in the middle eight for. Right. We talked about it a little bit. Like PJ calls that weird timeout in the second, yep. in the first half, that second timeout usage. And then, you know, they just don't really do anything at all. So, like, I think that's been big for them in the games where they have ended up, like, holding these other teams off is they're usually very good in those in that middle eight. And this is the first game, I think, all year that they were kind of bad during it. But both units of this team, you know, should have won, and I think the head coach is the one who gets in the way at this point. And, you know, special teams, right, gifting them. You know, here's seven free points, basically, yeah, I don't. I don't have much more to say from this game. This <laughs> WTF. Yep. I mean, you open up the game, right? You go 
you open up the game, touchdown, touchdown, you uh, field goal, and that's your first half in drives, right? Touchdown, touchdown, field goal. Yep, and then you mm-hmm. end the half. Then you go field goal, punt, 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 punt. Like, you completely just kind of, like, piss away the third quarter trying to run the ball because Corey Crooms drops a touchdown. Like, when that happened, that's kind of when P.J. folded it up. I think had Crooms catch that ball, I think we see a very different second half. and I think that's annoying. Yeah, and then the um, we score the touchdown later in the fourth quarter, but that was still a lot of, like, punt, punt, punt. And then, oh, we're down. So, okay. Yeah, we score that one late in the f- fourth, quarter. fourth quarter because you need it. Yep. So it's like, oh, you're – and, like, you don't step back – as at all as a coach in that moment and say hey maybe we should do that more when it was five minutes left in the game six minutes left in the game our quarterback found us a touchdown you're willing to give you know jordan newbin who's you know doing great but he's rb5 you're willing to give him you know 20 30 touches a game to make plays but not ethan i don't know I don't know either. <laughs> the thing is, is you know, it was going well this game. Like it, like it was going well this game, and you literally made one mistake, and then you completely flip, and it just ruins the game for your whole team. It throws everything out of rhythm, and it's just really. And I think this is like PJ lost on this game, and I think this is like really, you know, a prime example of it to him, hopefully. And I just don't know what to tell him at this point, you know. Huh? I mean, we've been saying the same things all season, and it just—it doesn't seem to change. No, nope. but I think we've—I think we've pounded the offense for long enough. We can talk about the defense really quick. Yeah, let's touch on them. Um, we uh, we gave him some love earlier. Tyler Newbin, Jaw Joiner did some great things this game. Um, I think I just think they just got tired and gassed because like PJ yeah. is trying to mill clock, but it's. They don't convert the, lo- the first the first set of downs, right? Like the first linebackers named Cody Lindenberger still not consistent enough. Yeah. And what this is what his second game back from injury? No, Cody was fantastic. That forced yep. fumble he had was was amazing and like perfectly timed play. But I more mean like Maverick Baranowski, ah, Devin yep. Williams, like uh, you know. That big touchdown run happens because Devin Williams doesn't clean him up, and then Tyler Newbin takes a bad ankle. But like, you have to make that ta- that tackle in the Big Ten, bro. You know, so yeah, Tyler Newbin makes a mistake there too, and unfortunately, I think he also kind of makes a mistake on the touchdown at the end of the game too. I think he lot, you know, I don't, I think as Tyler, you can't let anyone get behind you, you know, and they motion their best player into the slot. You have to, you have to know. That, that that could be coming, you know. I think that was the same play he picked off the drive before. Like, they literally ran that same play the drive before, and I think he picked it off. So, but, you know, Ja, incredible. Danny Strigow, incredible. Um, I think Justin Wally had a good day. I think he did. they had... I think Justin Wally had a good day. I think Jack Henderson had a good day, but like, I think they still have issues defending in zone coverage. You know, I think a lot of these big plays against them come when they're dropped into the zones and somebody just like misses, forgets their assignment and 
you know, does the wrong thing for one play and in zone, it's like very, very obvious when that happens. And it's very, very easy for these players to make those plays. So like missing in zone coverage is like so much hard. I think so much more punishing than missing in man coverage sometimes because other players can make up for man coverage easier. But if you just like vacate an area of the field, like it's so obvious. So I think that's kind of what happened at the end of the game there. Um, I'd like to see them drop a third player. Doesn't need to necessarily be a safety, but like put Tyler, Gooseby, and Green back there at the same time and just say, we're just play cover three. Like just do that. Yeah. And I and I, I'm confident Joe Rossi is gonna fix this. He's like, Okay, yeah. here's the deficiencies that we have. Let's see what else we can do. Cause like obviously the dudes of the knowledge. defense's issue yeah. is big plays. It's always yeah. been big plays. That's the point, right? Like mm-hmm. and it, we've seen what it looks like when they limit those big plays. They're very good. And, you know, but your team, I think, has to be able to win multiple ways. And you have to show the willingness to want to put up these points. Right. And, and you know, um, I, I, it is unfortunate that they score the touchdown to win the game, obviously. But I, I just it's hard to. Give, giving giving them like four free points you know or seven free points at the beginning of the game I think but really put this defense in a hole and they I think held very strong and they should have had more help and they didn't and it's unfortunate that this performance where they get so many turnovers and sacks yeah because like what this is the game where our our team won the turnover battle we had three we cost three turnovers on the Illini offense and if you if you look at the whole overall the game, you just had to take out what the that that uh like the what the polarizing ones right like the first drive on that zone cut co- that zone coverage when uh, you know we fought, our special teams fumbled it. Well, it's the, the same 20-yard. thing. Yeah, yeah, and then well, same they also the they just drive. don't block on special teams, which is the problem. Yeah, the problem is that they just don't block anything on like their special teams players might as well just be standing out there. Nobody's ever blocked. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I know that we, like, really want to see, like, returns and stuff, but, like, none of these guys are ever covered. Which, if you want to segue with the special teams, what the fuck is with these coverages? Like, the first one, I thought, oh, yeah, Sean, go. You know, and then all of a sudden, like, he has, what, two, three Illini see, special teams players in front of him? That's something you can see really well from that angle of the yeah. field. I love, I love that angle that I have because you really do get to see, like, the whole play kind of when you're kind of at this back angle that these seats are at and it's on that side of the field. It's really cool. And kickoff is like, you can just see how bad it is. Like, it's like, it's atrocious, you can just like man. watch, watch guys come completely unblocked down the field and take free shots. at whoever's returning the ball, it's, it's nuts. Like at this point, I'm just done with both PJ and Wenger. <laughs> what the hell they're doing with special teams? I'm... Yeah, but like I've like it's... resigned myself to it. You know what I mean? I'm like he hasn't fired him now. He's not firing him. I don't know what he has to do to be fired at this point. So I'm just gonna. I can't worry about it. I can't let it bother me because I know. You know what I mean? Like I just know it's not gonna change. Yeah, which sucks, but it's oh it's really goodness. stupid. I have no idea why 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 it won't change. <laughs> why they decide to be like this, but this is kind of the theme here, right? And I, I swear, the only thing that gives special teams a good rap, like the only the only good rap is <laughs> Dragon. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. At this point, we should probably just make a shirt that says, 
like we're great at everything except for special teams asterisk the kicker or something at this point because I don't know about special teams anymore. And I know why. This is your wheelhouse, but my goodness. I I, I, I believe it's Iowa that I've seen where they have the shirt that says, I'm just here for the punters. Hmm. I love it. Um, <laughs> I want that, but it's, I'm just here for the kicker. Because that's, that's sort of just, you know, where we're at on this podcast is God bless Dragon. This guy takes a lot of sacks this week, though. So they throw the ball a lot. So I'm I'm looking forward to another good game for the defense. I think. Assuming Ja Joyner doesn't get held on every play. I mean, he will, but we can take it on to the next. Maybe one, they'll call one. Saying. Oh, that'd be nice. I'd like to see it. Wouldn't Wouldn't it be nice if they could actually call one for him? No, it's just like it's it's at this point it's another. Jaw Joyner holding calls and Rob Wenger being fired are like both in the same like sphere for me, you know, like things that are just never going to happen to spite me personally. (laughs) Is that like never having a good punter ever again? I guess where I, where I just like want to see someone punt the ball. Well, I don't know. Jason's is probably that we move on to Purdue because he's sick of this Illinois game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want more bad memories from it. Um, thank you for the ticket, though, Soup, from, for the Illini yeah. game. <laughs> I said this on the pre-show, but I'm super glad I told I didn't charge you for it because I would have refunded you so fast for this. Wow. It's like, oh, man, that was bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, they're they're <laughs> nice seats, but, geez, this was... That's a tough way to go. Yeah, my bad. No, but it was a fun game. Like I had a good time. Uh it, it it's it again, it was my first game back as a fan in a very long time. So just to be there, you know, talking to strangers about how the game is going, like the guy like I don't know if you know the guys in front of you soup pretty well. Oh yes I do. But like when we score a touchdown those guys are great especially like the, the so they've been there with us since we started getting tickets for like three years so it's it's nice okay. to kind of have like that group like a touch point kind of with the rest of the fans outside of your group because it's nice to have people to commiserate with yeah and then like especially getting that last touchdown that take to go up the game 26 20 at that point like i never yeah, hu- that's right in front of you i never had high five and hug people so hard um and my girlfriend gave me the side eye when i told her about it when i got home but that's that's another thing, but but Gator, no, it's fine. It was a fun game. This disappointing how it has ended that way. But um, as we mentioned, this move on. Um, we're already over an hour uh, on the pod so far. So um, we're going into our third to last. Appropriately, so I would say. Yeah, uh, we're going to our third to last game of the season. We are going to be at West Lafayette to play against the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, the game will air on NBC for another 2.30 p.m. kickoff. Um, again, we hate 2.30 games. I mean, away Every 2.30 game games are, are really good, though. Very true. 2.30, 2:30 is the, the best days. away time, but the worst, uh, the worst actual game time. Like, the worst game to go to is at 2.30. The best games to watch on TV are at 2.30. 
True. That's fair. I think that's logical. That's my actually. hot take. That's my hot take for the episode. But going on from there, um, Purdue is not doing too hot this season. Um, they are currently two and seven overall. Um, they're under a uh, new head coach. Um, I'm sorry, guys. Ryan Walters. Uh, formerly of the Illini, who was their defensive yep. coordinator last year. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, very rocky um, situation for them because they lost the last four or five games. They lo- So last – so not – Yeah, you're starting, a, you're starting a program in the year, the transfer portal and NIL as a team like Purdue. The first mm-hmm. year is going to be, be – brutal so but like looking at here last weekend they lost to michigan which is obvious you know you're a big 10 west team going to play michigan they lost in nebraska 14 to 31 um before that ohio state losing 7 to 41 i saw the memes like hey you're playing purdue and ohio state's ranked in the top five but but it didn't happen and then they lost to iowa 14 to 20 um, and their lone victory in, the, oh. in those last five games was winning forty-four to nineteen against the Illini. Yeah, that's, so that's brutal. That's tough to you know stomach. Yeah. So I honestly don't know what to make of this team. Like, if you look around the roster, like it, they they have some playmakers. Like um, the Big Ten West is just complete chaos right now. Anybody can eat, can beat any other Big Ten West team. Right, like within yeah. the Big Ten West, it's like all all bets are off. The rules don't matter. Nothing is real, you know. Like if we get onto it, if you guys just want to just get in predictions, like right now the betting numbers update a little bit um, after we start airing. But right now the spread is still at Gophers minus one, and then the over under went up just a little to forty six and a half, which I was surprised that went up by like one or two points. Um, but like from the difference when I messaged the guy, uh, everyone this morning, um, but I am, I am firmly taking the under on this game, but that's just me. Um, Mm -hmm. but it it looks like a warm day forecast so far is the mid forties as well. So it's going to be good weather over in, in, in Rossade. Um, but yeah, I don't have much to say about Purdue. Like they're not doing, a, it's, they're not they're not having a hot year, but they can also beat us and make us go five and five. So not much to go on with them, unless you guys have any other notes about the Boilermakers coming up. I guess I'll just say that um, they are going to throw the ball a lot, and the Gophers have had a tough time defending uh, the pass in zone again. And um, I think that's going to be key to this game because they're going to need to be able to bring pressure with four. I think the guys are up for it, but you're also going to have to cover well and know your assignments. And I think if, I think they'll get picked apart basically if like, I think Hudson card will pick you apart if you let him. Anything else? Or we can touch on to go on to the predictions. Well, I was going to say Ryan Walters knows PJ very well. He's beat him twice when he was in Illinois. So, And uh, he did beat Illinois earlier this season. Yep. A pretty Quite large a margin, um, which is something that PJ couldn't do. This is a very losable game for the Gophers. And then you're talking about 
losing two in a row with Ohio State looming. Ohio State and then Wisconsin. Yeah, but they always but that's a Big Ten West game, right? That's within the confines of the chaos. Yeah, but like, do I want to be on a three game losing streak? Dude, we could be playing for like a two way tie with uh like with Illinois for the title or something. Like I mean it's possible. What how 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 hilarious would that be? If we beat Wisconsin, we'll be co Big Ten West champions with Illinois, that this this team or like whatever. Is Northwestern in the conversation still? Everybody nobody is mathematically eliminated yet, yep. I think. Imagine if we're well, looking staring at the face of a game with with Wisconsin where the best we can do is tie for the Big Ten West title with Northwestern. I think Purdue is technically out of the picture yeah they last. look like they're out yeah but I it's think but out. the other six teams so us nebraska wisconsin iowa northwestern and illinois have a shot at the technically west. <laughs> thought northwestern would be here at this point in the there season. was like an eight-way tie scenario or something at one point i saw get floated like a couple weeks ago uh, no I, I i've seen the seven-way tie that was unbelievable just mathing, just mathing this for something man. like that to happen for like the last Big Ten West ever, though. It was like it was like two weeks ago, and they were like, if all of this happened, it would be a seven-way tie, and technically Purdue would win. <laughs> Purdue winning the West, <laughs> and Purdue Purdue would win on like strength of Big Ten East opponents, I think. <laughs> Which is, like, insane, because we played Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah. Who'd they get? Because we got Michigan State. Who'd they get? I, no. think they also they got, don't... I think they also got Michigan and Ohio State. No, they did. Is this that? Who's the third team? Because I'm curious about that. They must have got Penn State as well. I guess that's the only option, right? Like, or yeah, Maryland? we drew Michigan. Yeah, they could have drawn Maryland, I guess. Yeah, sure. Or, no, I would even give them Rutgers. <laughs> I would even give Rutgers the edge over Michigan State, quite frankly. Yeah, but they're bad. Michigan State's bad. Hey, they got their first win last week, too, against Nebraska. So, again, within the Big Ten West, there are no rules. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm looking at their schedule. I'm scrolling through quick. They have Indiana. Sure. Interesting. Didn't they just beat Wisconsin, though? They did. Again, still within the confines of the chaos. <laughs> but it's neither here nor there. Um, let's get into predictions. Uh, this episode's getting a little too long as it is. Um, with the numbers in mind, uh, I'll do Griffin's and mine first, and then we'll go Soup and then Wyatt. Uh, Griffin preseason said W and says he's going 31 23, which I think takes it up, takes the over. If I do the do my math, probably it it does. That is definitely over, but I am taking the under. Uh, I said dub at the start of the season as well, so I'm saying 23 21. I think this game is going to be closer. PJ so somehow go do trestle ball and still somehow eat the win with a field goal or a safety or something. I don't know. I just don't know anymore. 
All right, Soup. All right. I, I put 28-24, and this is one that I honestly wish I could switch. This is the first time I've wished I could switch mine, honestly, I think all year. So this is – I kind of wish I could make this one a loss, but, yeah, I'm riding, I guess. If he did lose, if he did lose, but do you see? I'm just riding. I'm just riding for Ethan at this point. Like, like, let him cook. That's all I want. If we lose, it's gonna be ugly. It's like it's gonna be. I mean, Purdue's gonna throw the ball on them. So I think you know. I think they get a couple big plays. They get on the board early. If we lose, it's gonna be like North Carolina. Fun. I believe I have a preseason dub here as well. You do, and we do. We do, in fact, ride. Um, I want something just stupid. So we're gonna go nineteen fourteen. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Dragon Dragon's gonna kick us four field goals, cause yeah, who else? And miss an extra point. No, nineteen. Uh, he'd he'd get the extra point. <laughs> just to recap, yeah, that yeah. feels just so weird. Enough. So weird. We'll take it. But uh, just to go over the current uh, standing so far, um, Griffin, myself, and Wyatt are tied three way for six and three with our predictions this season. Um, Soup is still firmly in the lead at seven and two, but it could change in the next three games. Who knows? <laughs> nah, we all we all picked dubs this week, so it won't change this week. True. It actually won't change for the, the rest for of three the season, weeks. actually. Yeah. I think I clinched. I think I clinched, actually. <laughs> you, yep, right. you and I probably you and I probably picked the same results. We all picked the, the same results for the next We've three all games. got dubs dubs. We all got the same results for this game, Ohio State, and the last game. <laughs> Oof. So it's over, actually. So soup Wait, does that win. mean I pick? I a... claim victory I... right now, live on this podcast. I pick a W for Wisconsin. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Oh, I deeply regret that. <laughs> you got talked into it during the show. You you had it as an L, and you got and during the show, the preseason show, you got talked into it. God. Ah. <laughs> oh. I could be co podcast champ. <laughs> we could be. Oh, that was... <laughs> no. Now I kind of want that to happen. Oh, why did I let myself get talked into a W against Wisconsin? Oh, no, that's very, that's very characteristic of me to have hope at the beginning of the season. And then it just dies. Oh, well, (laughs) but going on from there, um, still no times yet for the Ohio state and Wisconsin game. I didn't see anything on Twitter or on Michael for sports. So we'll see as the remaining week shake out. But I guess we'll call that a wrap for today's episode. Unless you guys got anything else. Pain, sadness, uh, lots of pain. Um, I think there's a go for basketball game. Yeah, it's, it's the opener tonight. Let's go. Let's go. I'm yeah, hyped. They, uh, I'm, har- they play I'm hyped. Parker Fox. I'm hyped. Parker Fox is healthy. Go go for see if they can win this soon. one. For all, for all, get healthy. Women's cool. hockey is number four in the nation now. I think the men's are still in top five as well, mm-hmm. splitting with UMD last weekend. So 
Go. That'll happen. Go go for sports besides football. What channel is the basketball game on? I is it not BTN? We'll double check on that. But um we gotta wrap this episode. So everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening to OPA Podcast, episode seventy three. Um, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Purdue game this weekend, and we'll see you guys next week. So As much as you can. As you much know. as you can, yeah. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O, along with Soup. Why? Why is it like this? And why? Oh.